It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. The New York Jets turn in another terrible offensive performance last night as they get get beat by the L.A. Chargers 27-6 last night. How about that? Huh? They managed only two field goals in this game. And Zach Wilson was downright awful. He had two fumbles last night. He was sacked eight times. And my favorite stat of all, the third down conversions, the New York Jets were 3 of 17 on third down. 3 of 17 against a Chargers defense, especially a pass defense, that's ranked 31st in the National Football League. The Jets are now 22% on third down conversions this year. That is the worst in the NFL in the last 45 years. Think about that. 22% 22% on third down, the most important down, most important stat out there. You need to convert. You need to move the chains. You need to continue to possess the ball. And they do it in an alarming worst rate of 22%, the worst in 45 years of the National Football League. Horrendous were the New York Jets last night. Here are some quotes from the Jets' locker room. As Wilson, not Zach Wilson, but their wide receiver, Jabril Wilson, says, it's inexcusable, man. It's getting to the point where it's disappointing. I hate coming off the field, looking at our defense in the eyes and knowing that we have to send them back out there after another three and out. Them boys are my dogs, and they come out and ball. They put us in great position. It's time for us to start returning the favor, man. It's time. We've got to figure it out. Yeah, very true. And you can see that. If you watched this game last night, the crowd was pumped up, over 70,000 in the stands. They had a chance to go 5-3, and three, be a game behind the Dolphins, ahead of the Bills in the AFC East, and they couldn't get it done against the 31st-ranked pass defense. Couldn't get it done. So I understand. Because the defense did their part. They did a fantastic job. They did their part so well last night. that Do you know that they held Justin Herbert to 136 yards passing? 136. Actually, Zach Wilson, as bad as he is as a quarterback, had a better quarterback rating than Herbert. Herbert's rating last night was 65.4. Yeah, it was an ugly game. It was an ugly football game. We knew that this thing would be an under. We knew that both teams would try to run the football, but neither team could run the football last night. Brees Hall had about 25 carries for only 50 yards. As a Chargers defense, they stood up bit. But yeah, if you're the defense of the Jets, you've got to carry this team, and you have to have these just incredible performances just to hang around, and you still lose by 21 points. So moving forward, looking at this Jets defense, how are they going to be against the Raiders? Because think about the tone and the emotion of these football teams. We saw the Raiders, right? They were 
They were a mess. And then made a coaching change. Things loosened up around the facility in Henderson at Allegiant Stadium. And they were revved up, fired up, ready to go. If the Jets would have won that game last night, then they really would have been pumped up for the Raiders. But now you got to wonder. They're going to say, man, got to go cross country. And now we're three and five. This is a mess ourselves now. What are we going to do here? Or what? The Jets now are what? Four and four, right? Yeah, four and four. We're a mess. And now we got to carry our defense. Our defense has to carry us. And now Zach Wilson has got to face the Raiders defense is playing a little bit better. Man, you just don't know what that emotion is going to be like. And then you have a short work week and you're playing on Sunday night football in Las Vegas. Now, what about all of these reports saying that? Rodgers is possibly coming back in the next couple of weeks. Stop. That's Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers. I know it is. Yeah. He, and, and he doesn't even pretend to be a doctor on the radio. No. Okay? But he thinks he's a doctor. I mean, at least some of us that actually pretend. I mean, halfway know what we're talking about. We're not going to make bold predictions like that. Yeah. A few weeks ago, he said, yeah, I'll be back for the playoffs. I'll be back for maybe the last couple regular season games. Then he's telling Derwood James from the Chargers last night, yeah, I'm getting there, man. I'll be back in a couple weeks. Aaron Rodgers dropping back three pity pat steps and throwing the ball 50 yards, you know, in pregame warmups, okay, is one thing. All right. But come on. He's always done that. He's not ready to play football. And if you're the Jets, you lose last night in embarrassing fashion. Say you go on the road and you lose to the Raiders. What's the incentive? Of putting Aaron Rodgers out there. Because another win, or rather another loss by the Jets, basically eliminates them from playoff contention. Because even though the record is not horrible, but there's too many fantastic five and three teams out there. There's a log jam out there with Buffalo and Miami and the Browns and you got the Ravens and, you know, the Steelers, you know, looking up at the Chiefs. I mean, there's just only seven are going to the playoffs in the AFC. And the Jets just don't have it, especially when you have Zach Wilson as your quarterback. But yeah, this was not an isolated clunker last night by the Jets. They've scored only eight offensive touchdowns for this entire season. So just wasn't last night they couldn't get in the end zone. This has been a problem for a while. Tied for their third fewest in their first eight games in team history as far as touchdowns. Eight touchdowns. Through nine games. Terrible. Just downright terrible. All right. We've got ourselves a scandal in college football, don't we? Well, I love scandals. You love scandals. I love scandals. Yeah. How about Patty Smythe and Scandal? Remember her? No. The group? 80s? Scandal? No. You don't remember Scandal. I mean, I'd probably do if I heard of Of course them. you, you know, do. It's one of those. Yeah. Now you're, you're looking. Gonna, you're going to make me. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to. That's okay. We got a Michigan scandal here. Uh, a representative of the University of Michigan staff has gone to other teams' games and practices to scout and steal signs of future Michigan Wolverine opponents. All right, so this is a big story. It's gaining a lot of uh, a lot of steam right now, and the Big Ten now has gotten involved. The NCAA has kind of backed off a little bit because I think they want to try to handle this internally, but an investigation is going on. Now, this is how crazy this story is. Remember, we go back to Spygate with the Patriots and, you know, going to scout on the Jets and all this other kind of stuff. Well, this really has a couple of weird twists and turns. All right. 
So a member of Jim Harbaugh's staff in Michigan has a staffer has been doing this going back to 2021. His name is Connor Stallions. You like that name? I know what you're going to Stallions. Gonna, Stallions. Not the Italian Stallion. Is he related to Megan the Stallion? No. No. Isn't it Megan the Stallion? There you go. Megan the Stallion. Yeah. This is Connor, not the Stallions. Oh, my goodness. This Hammenager was seen dressed up in a disguise like someone's going to know who he is anyway. And he was on the actual Central Michigan sideline a few weeks back when Central Michigan was playing Michigan State because Michigan was getting ready to play Michigan State. So, yeah. They've been sending this ham and agar to scout and steal signs of Wolverine opponents. Now, he has been suspended. He's been fired. As we go back now and find out part of the investigation, that Stallions had paid for his own tickets to games. That means he's actually sitting up in the stands. And he's been paying for tickets to Michigan's upcoming opponents' games. And like I said, been doing it since 2021. Now, this investigation's ongoing. Harbaugh's on the hot seat. And now talk is now turning to banning the University of Michigan from the playoffs. This team is undefeated right now. They're rolling. 9-0. Got a bye week coming up here, all right? Harbaugh on the hot seat. Harbaugh approached or actually was questioned by reporters today. He gave some goofball answer about, you know, it could all start with me, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it's something like, you know, we've got my adolescents at home, or I'll protect them and my players, I'll protect them, but if you got any criticism, aim it at me. That's pretty much what he was saying, which basically says that he's not admitting guilt or not. All right. The Big Ten notified Michigan of the possible discipline, and the school has been given until tomorrow as a drop-dead deadline for a response. So they file a report. They want answers. There's a lot of questions on this, on these documents that they want answered, and Michigan needs to respond to this by tomorrow. Now, Ryan Walters is the head coach of Purdue. He said, these are not allegations. He goes, these are facts. Because he definitely saw this person on the Purdue sideline. He's seen him. So they had a conference call with all the Big Ten coaches. It lasted about 90 minutes. This was last week, right? Harbaugh was on the call. And they were talking about all this stuff. Harbaugh hung up on the call after about a half hour. Because he said, I don't have no more time for this. I got to get to practice. So, yeah, Michigan could be facing these type of sanctions. All right. Now, I got a little different take on it. Let's slow your roll here about banning Michigan from the playoffs. All right? This is sign stealing. And I know baseball fans are going to love hearing this, especially those baseball fans who have been anti-Astros for all these years, right? Are we talking trash cans? No. What I'm saying is slow your roll here because sign stealing is an overrated offense, my friend. All right. It used to be applauded for those who know anything about sports. Anybody that's been a coach at any level in any sport, anyone who's been a player in any sport will tell you 
that all sports have been doing this forever. You still have to go out there and stop the team physically. All right? No matter the sport. But we're talking football here, okay? So physically, even though you may know what their signs are, their formations are, you still got to go ahead and stop it. And with this guy is going to games and he's up in the stands or he's trying to sneak on the sideline. He's taking notes and that sort of thing. Okay, that sounds like, okay, advantage for the University of Michigan. But seriously, how much of an advantage is it really that you know their signs or you have pictures of their cardboard signs because a lot of teams use the cardboard signs and you got to try to decipher all that stuff? Come on, man. Banning a team from the playoffs, the coveted playoffs, That just hurts the players. And guess what? The players have nothing to do with this. No, they're not banging on trash cans. They're not doing it. These players are just playing football. These are young kids that signed up to go to Michigan for four years or four plus years, right? And you're going to take away their chance at winning a championship? Are you kidding me? Taking away their chance of uh, increased exposure to get to the NFL? The players have nothing to do with this. University of Michigan is winning games and winning games handily because they are that good. That's why they're winning these games, plain and simple, because they are awesome. They have a fiendish football team. You don't ban the team from the playoffs. You don't assign losses to games. You know what you do? You correct the problem. You fire the Hammenager that's involved with this. If this came down from Jim Harbaugh and he directed the guy to do this, okay, fine. Then you suspend Harbaugh again or you fire Harbaugh, but you don't take away a team's right to play in the college football playoffs. It's insane. For this, no. Fire the guy from the staff, blackball him if you got to, do something to Harbaugh if he gave the instructions. If Harbaugh gave the code red, then you punish the guy that gave the code red. Talk about banning a team from the playoffs is simply absurd. Insane. You just don't do it. All right? You know, and people that are asking for this, they just don't know the game. Never coached, never played. Because it's vastly overrated. This offense is a vastly overrated offense. You know what it is? It's gamesmanship. That's what it is. All right? Call it what you want. It's not cheating. All right? And I'm tired of saying, oh, they cheated. They didn't cheat. You're trying to attempt to steal signs like people have been doing it in baseball for over 100 plus years. That is not cheating. You know what cheating is in football? Cheating is changing the score. That's what cheating is. Cheating is manipulating an outcome. Cheating is like, say, not operating the clock correctly. Intentionally rigging a game with referees. That is cheating. Not attempting to find out what a team's formation is. What are their plays? All right, well, good luck with all of that. Even if you knew that was coming, good luck. You still have to physically stop it. And let's be honest. We know Michigan has not played the toughest of schedules. We know that. They're not cheating. Sign stealing is not cheating. Anybody that says it don't know what you're talking about. It's ridiculous. Cheating is not scouting another team and trying to figure out what plays they're trying to run or what signs they have. Come on. Give me a break. Don't punish these kids. All right. James Madison, college football, having a tremendous football year. 
They are 9 and 0. They're ranked 21st in the country. But guess what? They're not going to be rewarded for their fantastic season because despite them having a fantastic undefeated season, they can't go to a bowl game. Why is that ask me? That James Madison cannot go to a bowl game. Because James Madison made the move from the FCS to the FBS. That's the football championship series. And they got to get rid of this. I'd go back to Division II, one double A to one A. Do that. Because people just still understand the difference between FCS and FBS. The football bowl subdivision. All right. That's with the big boys. Or according to the rules, they cannot be eligible for conference championships or bowl games for two years upon entering the higher division, which is stupid. James Madison officials made another plea to the NCAA Division I Board of Directors on Monday to reduce its football program's FCS2, FBS transition, from two years to one so that the undefeated Dukes can be eligible to compete in a bowl game this season. Okay? Last year is year one. This is year two. In a letter to the NCAA Division I Board of Directors, the chairman and the president of James Madison argued that the Dukes have embarked on this transition in ways that no other institution has since the transition rules changed 23 years ago and that their student-athletes have achieved an astonishing, unprecedented level of success during this period. Relief that allows our student-athletes to participate in a bowl game as their play has earned them the right and is warranted. Our student-athletes have done everything the right way. That they view that the postseason pro, pro, uh, probation is, in instance, is inexplicable punishment in the light of the NCAA's stated priorities. As many commentators have noted, this is an opportunity for the NCAA to do the right thing, Spike Lee, and for our student-athletes to be recognized for their exceptional efforts on and off the field. Can't say that I disagree with that. But they're probably not going to change it because they put it in place for two. If you're getting a team normally that goes into another conference, they struggle. All right? They don't have the athletes. They don't have the recruiting. and But they want to punish a team if you're coming in. Like, hey, you got to sit on the sideline for two years. Why? Why? They're already at a disadvantage. They don't have the resources that the other schools have. Now the time that they're admitted into the conference. Now, the NCAA has denied the school's appeal to complete the two-year transitional period from one. That was back on April 27th. But James Madison was the first school to appeal the two-year period. Why? Well, because they're the first school to have this type of success. Now, think about this. If James Madison were eligible to compete for a bowl game this year, check this out. They might be the highest-ranked team from a group of the five conference, the group of fives, in the college football playoff rankings and would be in contention to play in a New Year's Day Bowl 6 game. Now, last week, the Dukes won their 12th consecutive game, 42-14 to at Georgia State, and they're among seven unbeaten teams in the FBS. Only seven. Why wouldn't we want to see this team be in a New Year's 6 bowl game, right? Because they have to sit out one more year? Yeah. I know it's the rules, but... Again, it's one of these rules that is pretty stupid. And they're probably not going to amend it because we know the NCAA doesn't like changing anything. But James Madison's having a heck of a year, and it's a story to keep your eyes on. I can honestly see a one-year ban on that. How about a zero-year ban? Seriously. No, no, it, 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 okay, what's the purpose? Uh, 
let's say a better team comes to it like the D1. We need a better team. Like a different like okay, if it, I know it's not Okay, like a team who's who's been very successful at yeah. the FCS level. Yes. Like James Madison. Yes. Like some of these other teams. All right? I can see a one. Yeah. Or that or that year. You know, just just a simple one would be perfect. One year. One year. Could probably go with that because most teams aren't going to have that type of success. Yeah. But James Madison has a, a, a great program and they it would be nice to to see them in a bowl game, especially this year, because they'll probably lose a yeah. lot of talent, you know, from this team. But it is a crazy rule. Now, more James Madison. This time on the basketball side. Ooh, basketball. Yes. Do you know what James Madison did last night? They beat Michigan State last night. The opening night game. That's right. 79-76 in overtime as a 17-point underdog. What kind of Kool-Aid is going on over there at JMU? The purple and white. The Dukes. They're playing some football. They're playing some basketball. Yeah, they beat Michigan State last night. 79-76. Kudos for the Dukes. One of the reasons why they won this game? Do you know what Michigan State shot from beyond the three-point arc last night? On their home floor. Tom Izzo's team. One for 20. One for 20. One for 20. He's got to go. Four to shoot. Out to Horton. Three. It's good. Raekwon Horton's first points of the night. And a three gives the Dukes a two possession lead. Two possession lead last night, and they end up winning the game in overtime, 79-76. to So, JMU getting it done. I love it. More college football bonehead coaching moves. How about Saturday's game? Kansas State's taking on Texas. Ooh, got ourselves a thriller in the Big 12. K-State and Texas. Yeah. Uh-huh. Game's tied at the end of regulation. 30 apiece. Texas. Gets the ball in overtime. They kick a field goal. They lead 33-30. to Kansas State now has the ball. It's their turn. They complete a pass on their first play. Get it down to the six-yard line. All right? They then get it down to the four. But then they can't move it any further. So now they're facing a fourth and goal from the four-yard line. So what do you do? Now think about it. You're down three. It's fourth and goal from the four. Kick a field goal to tie the game, to go to a second overtime. No, not with the K-State head coach. You know what he does? He says, we're going to go for it. We're not going to kick a field goal to extend the game and get into a second overtime period. No, we're going to go for it on fourth and goal from the four. Guess what? They don't get it. They lose. Everybody runs on the field there in Austin, Texas, and the Longhorns win the game 33-30, to and that crashes the big... 12 championship hopes for Kansas State. Why? Because their coach made a bonehead call. What are you thinking? Seriously. Why are coaches continuing to go for it on fourth and medium or fourth and long? Why? It makes no sense. You have a chance. You had all the mojo. You rallied back. You were down double digits. You rallied back. Went to overtime. Kick the field goal. Go to the second overtime. You get the ball first in the second overtime, put the pressure on Texas, great chance you win that game. 
I don't want to hear about analytics. What do the analytics say? If you go my way, probably about a 55, 60% chance to win. Uh, fourth and four to try to get a touchdown, probably 19%. Come on, man. So was this coach the same coach or the same school as Josh McDaniels? Bonehead fourth down moves. Yeah, not different, but in the sense like Josh McDowell's, hey, we're down eight. We're going to kick a field goal to make it five. Why do you want to do that? Well, that way, because if, 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 capital if, parentheses if, quotations if, if we get the ball back, well, then we can win it with a touchdown. Oh, that's right, Josh, but then you'd have to go probably at least 60, 70, 80 yards. Yeah. Bonehead coaching moves here. Yeah. K-State, what are you thinking? That simply insane. And NFL how about the late drama that we have with Tampa Bay and Houston, huh? Tampa Bay and Houston. Late game drama we got with that. Mm. I think we're going to... I don't want to hold this story back because TJ Reeves, I'm going to talk to him about this next hour. But I'll tell you what happened anyway. Late game drama. Tampa Bay gets a touchdown for Baker Mayfield with 46 seconds to go in the game. And Tampa Bay leads the Houston Texans 37-33. Remember that score now. 37-33. Four points. So now the Texans need a touchdown. No timeouts left in 46 seconds. It looks very, very bleak. C.J. Stroud completes three straight passes before spiking the ball at the Tampa Bay 41. Then he completes his next pass to the Tampa Bay 16-yard line with 16 seconds remaining. There's hope here. But the next play is complete to Tank Dell for a 16-yard touchdown. Touchdown, Texans! Gives the Texans the lead here. End the game. However, game's not completely over yet because, remember, they lead by two. You still got to kick the extra point, and there are six seconds to go, meaning that you're going to have to kick the ball off. So what do you do? What does everybody else do? Well, you kick the extra point, right? To make it a three-point game. Just in case there's a long kickoff return... There's a, you know, Hail Mary penalty. You kick it. The field goal, the tie. No. What Houston does, they're going to go for two. They had an injury with the kicker, apparently. But they had kicked a 29-yard field goal earlier with a backup kicker. Makes no sense. So C.J. Stroud lines up to go for two. If they make it, they're up four. Pretty good. What happens? Neil Diamond. They decide not even to run a play. Let's take a knee. And C.J. Stroud goes, Neil Diamond, we want to be up by two. We don't want to be up by four. We want to be up by two because we've seen crazier things happen. Now, Tampa Bay can come down and kick a field goal to win the game. To just squash your dramatic, beautiful comeback. Several things wrong here. One, you kick the PAT. All right? You just do it. I don't care. If you don't have your regular kicker, you kick it. You just kick the 29-yard earlier. Number two, if you are afraid to kick a simple PAT and try to go for two and you make it, oh my goodness, that's a four-point game. Game over. It's done. But to simply go out there and just quit? To quit and go Neil Diamond? That is terrible. That is insane. What are you thinking? I'm just going to Neil Diamond. And we'll, we'll take our chances that, you know, they don't run it back or... We get a penalty on the final play of the game. No, you take it into your own hands and you take care of business. Oh, by the way, why are so many people irate about this? 
What was the point spread in this game? Houston favored by two and a half. Final score, 39-37. If you add the Houston Texans minus two and a half, you are a loser because you saw C.J. Stroud go Neil Diamond. So I lost a lot of money in that game. Not me. That's what people are saying. The U.S. Can you imagine sports books? They're going crazy. How can you not attempt to kick a simple point after touchdown? How can you not attempt to run a two-point play? Why? Why? Instead, I want Neil. First they say they want you. Terrible Tuesday. You got some terrible Tuesday takes. Hit me on Twitter at TCMartin21. 